0: Did you miss your chance to see our latest documentary in person? Well, good news, we've just booked more showings. I'm Sheila Gunn and you're watching The Gun Show.
1: In a vast land of untamed beauty, hidden within its borders lie stories of unwavering faith and resilience. When the world was engulfed in fear... COVID-19, which is causing all of the concern right now... Pastors faced an unimaginable trial. They were wrongfully persecuted during the COVID-19 pandemic, their voices silenced by oppressive measures. And we realized something doesn't match up.
0: There's an agenda under the surface here.
1: cannot abide under their their wishes. I cannot just obey this new norm, if you will. In the face of adversity, they held on to their beliefs, defending the sacred right to worship. Out of this property, you Nazis, out. Join us on an extraordinary voyage across Canada as we shine a light on the untold stories of these pastors who were wrongfully persecuted during COVID-19, witness their courage, their unwavering faith, and their determination to reclaim their voices in the face of adversity. I'm not gonna let those who are in Ottawa determine my peace, my joy. You're disobedient to the government or disobedient to God, and take your pick. This summer, embark on an unforgettable exploration through Church Under Fire, Canada's War on Christianity, a documentary that will inspire and challenge your perceptions. Experience their remarkable stories, a testament to the indomitable human spirit and the power of faith.
0: What you just saw there is the trailer for our latest documentary. It's called Church Under Fire, Canada's War on Christianity. And I made that documentary with my filmmaking partner, Rebel News's head of documentaries, Kian Simone. He is a brilliant visionary who I think carefully and accurately told the tales of the pastors and congregations who stood up to the COVID lockdowns when they felt the COVID lockdowns on places of worship made the practice of their faith impossible. And these pastors and their congregations faced great consequences for it. It's a story that the other side of this debate, the COVID hysterics, do not want to be told because it shows just how cruel and unscientific their actions were and how unconstitutional their actions were. And we have taken our documentary across the country. We've toured it from... Regina to winnipeg to aylmer ontario toronto ottawa st john new brunswick we've taken it oh calgary how could i forget calgary and edmonton we've crisscrossed the country showing our documentary and taking it to the places that lived the stories within the documentary but when we came home there was demand for more so we have booked more showings in uh british columbia And uh, we have a north to south tour of Alberta booked. So joining me now is my friend, my colleague, and my filmmaking partner, Kian Simone, talking about whether or not we've actually even recovered (laughs) at all from our last documentary tour to be even starting another, and what we plan to do next. Take a listen. So joining me now is my friend and colleague and documentary filmmaking partner, Kian Simone. And Kian's on the show um, because we have some news that we want to tell you about the documentary, A Church Under Fire Canada's War on Christianity. But first of all, Kian, have you caught up on your rest from our grueling cross, 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 cross country tour of the documentary just a couple of weeks ago? I, I feel like I still haven't, but... Um,
2: it literally took yeah. me like a week <laughs> Just to get back to normal. I didn't. Because it it's jumping right back into yeah. work, I think. Um, like, because we, w- we have to wake up for whatever week. We start at eight, um, technically, but really start earlier. Um, and then just because the time change was so messed up that I really still didn't know what time it was for a few days waking up for work it was, it's different than going on vacation. Like you go to Mexico, you can come back and maybe uh, like one day work hangover where you're just trying to get back into it. But, uh, I think that, that it, because it was a week of grueling travel, it took me a, a serious, another week to get With back layovers
0: into it. and stuff. We were on like multiple different time zones in a day. <laughs> it was crazy. And then I didn't know when I should eat, when I should sleep, Um, but I I think it was worth it just to make sure that we were able to bring the documentary uh, to the people closest to it, to the churches that were affected by it um, and show them our work, which is kind of anxiety inducing because you never know if they think that you did a good job. And it was really important to, I know to me, and I know definitely to you to treat their stories with the care and accuracy that, well, frankly, the other media wouldn't or couldn't.
2: Uh, Yeah. And I I think I shared that with you as well when, I think two of the days we had 12 hours of travel and then one hour rest and then the show two days straight. And it was so yeah. worth it. So worth it. Just seeing people's faces and all the hugs and the handshakes and the, the people who were so emotional. Um, yeah. Totally and the worth thank it. thank
0: yous. Like the thank yous from the churches. Uh, that really fills up your tank to just like get on that next like 5 a.m. flight <laughs> the next day when they're saying like, thanks for telling our story. <laughs> accurately. And it's important to hear that from somebody who lived it, who experienced it. Um, because, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we, we weren't there, although you were there for a lot of it and I was there for a lot of it in some of the other churches, but for example, in Aylmer at the church of God, for them to say, thank you, you, you did this right. That, that was really important for me because we weren't there as it was all shaking out.
2: And it was, it was interesting to, um, a few times in the crowd, uh, people would, or the uh, like, especially at fills. I'll just use this example. When Phil, he was able to point out other pastors that no, we haven't even heard of, who mm-hmm. stood up. They just kind of were able to fly under the radar, and it was it was it was cool that uh, we found out that it wasn't just the the, the few, that there was a lot more, um, who I guess how I want to say got yeah. lucky,
0: or you know they did it quietly. They didn't attract attention. Um, and I, I hope maybe they'll be more vocal next time, but that's a—I think it's a game day decision for your congregation. Ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, none of these pastors, whether they were vocal about their opposition to the restrictions or quietly uh, just holding church underground, for them, the most important thing was to be able to gather into worship together. And so I think it, for a lot of them, like I said, it's a game day decision. Are we going to make this a big fight with the government to embolden more people to do the same? Or uh, today is my most important job, making sure my flock can gather unmolested by the state.
2: Yeah, it's a, the general sentiment um, across the tour, like at least that I got to, like I before I had different um, preconceived notions and using big words now, um, like I was really angry at people mm-hmm. who weren't speaking out i think i was even angry at people who were uh not following it but also not yeah. speaking out and that really went away um it really went away when i was able to like just kind of open my mind a little bit and get out of the anger and see like i i respect that a lot of just not following yeah. it uh, and not voicing their opinion because then they're asking to get arrested and that's that that wasn't the that was that wasn't the play well and it was just making sure that everybody was living yeah. life normal. Yeah,
0: and that, you know, the these pastors, are, I guess some of them are were felt called to be vocally disobedient of the state, and on the flip side, being obedient to God. But the other pastors were also being obedient to God and disobedient to the state in their own way, and that allowed their congregations to gather. So, I mean... I guess it all comes out in the wash, I I think, and and it's a decision they have to make based on their own um, theological motivations. Um, It's hard to judge someone when you haven't walked in their shoes. Um, But uh, now that we're home, now that we've sort of digested what what went on during our documentary tour, which uh, was as... I cannot stress this enough, grueling, but we did a lot of it to save money and make sure that we were in the right places at the right time so that we could be there to to show the documentary. You've decided that we've had enough rest. <laughs> and you're sending us back out on the road again. So, so tell us, um, first of all, we're going to BC um, and then we're coming back to Alberta. So let's start with the BC portion of this.
2: Yeah, so I think it's, Oh my gosh, is it oh next Lord. week? <laughs> um 8 8 days we're in okay. Whistler. Uh for I guess you would call that like more of like a VIP event. I think it's just it's less of a get hundreds of people together and and watch the movie. It's more of like an intimate kind of thing. Um and then 2 days later we're in Powell River BC. I didn't know Powell River was a thing until it was booked. Um I guess it is kind of uh it's it's deep in BC. Um but that one's really fun. That one's like a normal show where Hundreds of people can get together and um, we'll do a nice Q&A and it'll, it'll be very fun. I'm very excited to get to BC because I got a lot of angry emails of, why aren't you coming to BC? It's it's such a hard place to go um, when you have a film because it's so... It's the capital. Like, people think Toronto's the capital because they have all the film fests. Vancouver um, just takes over the entire BC and all the venues are so scared to, to play movies that aren't um necess- like bc has its own rating system for films you can get it rated in all of canada but you also have to get it rated in bc as well that. um it's just a it's a bonfire for film um so we were really lucky that we were able to find these these venues well, and it's
0: ultra woke too just generally speaking so the people so the people who are rebels the people who are lockdown resistors and the people who want to hear the other side of the story they're behind enemy lines and and so um it's tough like it's i think of it as like it's got to be tough to be a conservative in Rachel Notley's Edmonton riding imagine being a conservative in some place even more woke and more viciously censorious that's what it's like sometimes to be a conservative in um you know the the lower mainland or on vancouver island where everybody is just like a a wood nymph hippie living off the land, which I I can relate to some of that, but I can't relate to their politics. Um, So, you know, I'm really happy that we were able to find some venues that would host us um, and allow us to tell the other side of the story because anytime we can go to BC and talk to a bunch of rebels, um, not only does it fill up our um, moral tank to fight again, but I think it fills up theirs too.
2: Exactly. That's that's exactly where we're going. (laughs) Well, it wasn't yeah. easy. <laughs> it's not even easy to get there. I know. Like it's hard. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. People can find details for that at, we changed the URL, church un-
2: churchunderfiremovie.com. Churchunderfiremovie.com.
0: Do you know how many tickets we have left as we are filming this?
2: I think 20 in Whistler and I think 40 in Powell River. Oh, that's not many. And the Powell River one holds a lot of people, so that, that one's oh, going to be a big great. show um yeah
0: that's great so if you're watching this right now and you're in bc and um you know if you if you're in the area i know bc is just so hard to get around you've got to drive around mountains um but if you're in the area um i, I wouldn't wait to get those tickets um if you're thinking about it just grab the tickets they're not that uh expensive um, because they the venue is going to – it's going to sell out. 100% it's going to sell out in both locations. So that's churchunderfiremovie.com. Uh, now, that's BC. Then you decided, Sheila, you need to go from top to bottom of the province or bottom to top of the province of Alberta. <laughs> um, so tell us about that. Um, and I kind of like this one because it's really grassrootsy, and it uh, uh, gives a uh, hat tip to some of our fellow lockdown resistors in Alberta. So I really like that, but tell us about this one.
2: Yeah. So I, uh, when, when I set up the first leg of the tour, um, going across the country, you know, obviously the first thing that goes to my head is let's go to the churches that actually were part of the story. And secondly, let's just go to all the big yep. cities. Um, let's just hit at least one city in every province, uh, other than Quebec. And, uh, um, so we did that. And then, uh, we just got a bunch of emails, like, and I just realized, you know, Canada's <laughs> a lot bigger than this. I, I know it's just it's stupid to say, but Canada's a lot bigger. There's a lot of major cities in each province, and um, I have a special place in my heart for Alberta, of course. So when I when I see the emails, it was ma- majority like, I can't get to Calgary. That's two hours away. I can't get to Edmonton. That's two hours away. So I just kind of recouped myself from after the tour and. Now we're going all over Alberta, so hopefully people are able to um, get to these places. I think we start in Lethbridge on uh, August 23rd. You know, I have it right here. I'll just read it. Go to Lethbridge, August 23rd, and then Red Deer, August 24th, Edmonton, August 25th, and Mirror, Alberta, um, August 26th. And that's what kind of sparked it. I wanted to kind of have like a, I want to say like a celebration show for our first tour and how, you know, how successful it was, how it was so great. Um, just seeing everybody. And Chris Scott had reached out and said he wants okay, to do a drive Okay, let's stop and
0: explain who Chris and Scott is, like, just in case people don't know. <laughs>
2: Chris, okay, you're right. You're right. Chris Scott, uh, the owner of the Whistle Stop, who uh, was, I, do I want to say the first lockdown resistor? He was really the
0: first that really got the restaurant. Yeah. Restaurant? the res- Chris Scott, owns a gas station slash convenience store, which is the only gas station slash convenience store in town. There's a restaurant attached as these things tend to be in small town, Alberta. And he has a campsite. He also has a drive-in movie uh, screen. And during the lockdown, that was when he first got in trouble with the government. He decided there's nothing to do in this small town since they shut everything down. He out of his own pocket, put up a drive-in theater screen and invited everybody to come so that everybody could sit in their car and be socially distant. There's a word I hope I never have to use again. And the health inspectors came and shut him down and said it was crazy. Um, And that was his first run-in with the government. And then he decided, I have to open my restaurant because I'm going to lose my shirt. And for that he was constantly surveilled. He was thrown in jail. They seized his property, thus punishing the entire community by taking away the community's gas station and convenience store. And um, he's really been a symbol of resistance for, for the business community. Um, but he's also stood shoulder to shoulder with the pastors who chose to do the same for their own churches. That's the Coles Notes version of who Chris Scott is. Take it away, Kian.
2: Well, Chris Scott emailed said, uh, I think it was a few Many times. times. I was just trying to figure out a date, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, th- you know, that's the that's the best way to end something so big." Which is kind of it's on theme. It's on par with what we're doing. Um, might not be a church, but it's it, where it, it all started. I did think it was the first. And it's the first restaurant. It really is. He really, really uh, ignited a lot of people, um, and and ignited me really. So I think it's uh, it's also really personal going there too. Um, and so, yeah, I thought, you know, that's, we're going to do a dinner. We're going to do a drive in, uh, everybody can just kind of walk around and hang out. It's just going to be like a a little rebel party. And then, uh, I wanted to go to Grand Prairie for, for some reason. It was just, it was burning at me that we just didn't get all the way up, up there. Um, because there's a lot of, a lot of rebels up there, you know, we're in Alberta. That's, this is the Texas of Canada. So I'm, I was thinking let's do it. Um, so we sent out an email asking for venues and I got about 300 <laughs> venues to go through and uh, we found one, um, it's a, it's a church up there, Christ Community Church. So yeah, we really are going from Lethbridge to Grand Prairie. And then after Mirror, I should, I should add that we are going yes. to West Lock, um, which I think, uh, Tom is oh, coming. that's great. As a special guest. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll drop that, that breaking news here. Um, so I'm really excited for this this tour. I'm really excited to go up and down. You know, so I won't name names, but some of these venues um, previously said no to us when we were mm. trying to um, do our Coots blockade documentary. And you know what? I so kind of get it. They didn't know what it. they
0: were getting. Yeah. I
2: kind of get it. Yeah. It was uh, it was like a month after the blockade even happened, and then you have some random dude saying, "Hey, I have a documentary about this huge politically dividing." <laughs> um, Thing and I want to show it in your theater and it was just like an instant like we can't do that and I, n- I never got the sense that it was like like a middle finger to Rebel News or the ideology it was really just now yeah. is not the time um, so I reached back out and like I said I won't name names but um, now they will play this so that's that's hopeful I guess and it, it, it kind of gave me another boost to, to make sure that it happened even though it makes both of us drive okay. really far <laughs> So I'm excited. It's okay.
0: It's uh, This is a beautiful province and uh, the best way to experience it, I think, is in a car on Highway 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I, I like the idea of the Westlock venue. Uh, Westlock, for people who don't know, it's an agricultural community just about an hour and a half north of Edmonton. And um, they were the site of actually a fair bit of uh, lockdown resistance protests there um and i think f- by and large people really didn't care about the lockdown there i mean you don't care about lockdowns in places that are far away from the uh capital city uh, because in these places you have to rely on your friends and neighbors to sort of get through life um you don't rely on the government so i'm happy to bring it there and um talk to the farmers and uh see what they had to say it's, i i think it's going to be great and i'm i'm excited to go up to grand prairie um you know, we do have a very strong rebel contingent up there. And, um, pl- you know, we talk a lot about Grand Prairie, and Grand Prairie is sort of one of those places that is the um, economic furnace of Alberta. I don't think we give them enough attention. Those people are great up there.
2: Um, like I said, I'm extremely excited. Uh, I, I, I do sort of feel bad about the other places uh, in the other parts of the country that um, – asked to, to, for us to bring it there but it's uh th- this is the this is the best way this is the best way just to, to, to finish it off in alberta and then uh, and then it'll be out um i guess yep. now's a good time too i i think the documentary is going to come out september 1st um on 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 our site churchunderfire.com, and then that's also when dvds are going to be available too um i know previously said dvd should already been available by now but my gosh, was that a bonfire <laughs> of a nightmare um, to get DVDs in 2023? It was so hard, so hard. But we figured it out, and it, it's going to take a lot longer than 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 we hoped. So we had to push it back a bit. But it is coming. It is all set up, and it is ready.
0: Uh, that's great. The, September 1st is Alberta Day, just so you know. So I think that's wonderful that we are launching that on Alberta Day, go. where I think really the – Most resistance to the lockdowns came from, both from our business community, but from our our um, religious communities also, uh, because um, as the documentary says, we are truly the ungovernable people. And it makes me very happy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, tell us about the merch, because we're both wearing the uh, exclusive merch for uh, the documentary. So, uh, and I think it's beautiful because it, yeah, it's di- we're, it's different designs. It's a, it's pretty cool. Like it's kind of stuff that we've never done before. It has a whole different sort of feel to it. So tell us about that because um, I, I, by the way, I get tons of compliments on it. Tons.
2: I, I got one yesterday. I was just bringing in groceries in and some lady ran up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, there's Christians <laughs> here. You guys are like, and it was like, y- your sweater is so cool. And I, and I think that's exactly why uh, we design them like this. A lot of rebel shirts are uh, semi-controversial, or they just say "Rebel" right yeah. big on it. And I understand um, wanting to support Rebel, but not wanting to wear the shirt to Costco and and just get looks. And I think that this is a um, this was just I think this was a time to make a not controversial shirt, and to be able to for people to support Rebel and and just wear it out and. Um, th- all of the interactions would be yeah. positive. Like I, 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 can't see a reason why someone would look at your shirt and be negative. And, um, and and at the same time, it's, it's for all ages. It's, it's one. It's hip. It's cool. It's, it's young. It's youthful. It's like it's. Uh, to me, it's just it's it's. I'm just gonna say it again. It's cool. But also, someone who doesn't really care about cool clothes could also wear it because it's uh it's very simple. Um, I think that. It's really important to to be able to have uh, shirts like that, so people can support Rebel News and and not get um, looks at from their aunts and uncles or crazy brothers and sisters, and uh, they don't even have to know where where the, where the sweater yeah, came the from. And the sweaters, but you can get that on RebelNewsStore yep, dot can... com. Head head up to the top. Yeah. Films Church Under Fire.
0: And you can use you can use the coupon code KEYIN for ten percent off your purchase. He intends yes, ten. yes. Um, And I do like that it, it sort of um, hints at that Christians were the early freedom fighters, that freedom is uh, something that is given to us by God, by virtue of being created by him in his own divine image. So uh, for example, the shirts that we w- we're wearing right now is John 8:32, which says, uh, "Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free." And it's, you know, it it uh, honors those people who would not compromise their values because the government told them their values were wrong. And uh, I think it's great. I think they're beautiful. And we have uh, different colors, too, for once. We have this burgundy color and there's different color selections. And I think they're wonderful. And all of your purchases in the Rebel News store go to support the work that we do here at Rebel News completely willingly because we'll never take a penny from Justin Trudeau. Uh, Kian, uh you're working on Perk Fulfillment. fulfillment. Um, you're also planning the tours. Um, you really are a one-man show. And uh, I think one of the hardest working people at this entire company. So um, thank you very much, buddy, for taking the time to come on the show. And um, I look very forward to uh, spending uh, long hours in the vehicle with you in the coming days and weeks. Uh, it could be a lot worse. Uh, uh, Kian, uh, thanks. And uh, I guess, you know what? Get back to work.
2: Well, thank you for having me on, and I will do that to
0: boss. (laughs) Well, friends, we've come to the portion of the show where we invite your viewer feedback. Unlike the mainstream media, we don't have a sugar daddy named Justin Trudeau who takes money out of somebody else's pocket to give it to us to create content that you don't care about. Without the support of our viewers. We live and die here at Rebel News, and we think that that's probably the most honest way to do our jobs, right? We know when we get something wrong, because you'll tell us (laughs) right away. Um, And it's the reason I give out my email address right now It's Sheila at RebelNews.com. If you've got um, any sort of comments about the show or the work that I do, send them there. If it's particularly related to the show, put gun show letters, to ends in the subject line so that I can find it easily. But also don't hesitate to leave a comment wherever you might be watching the show. For example, if you are right now watching the free version of the show on YouTube or on Rumble, thanks so much for doing that. If you are sitting through an ad on Rumble, thank you. That helps us pay the bills. And uh, while you're sitting through that ad, just go ahead and type of comment and I just might find it (laughs) because I do uh, frequently read the comments there, although not always because sometimes they can turn into a little bit of a sass pit. Um, But we leave the comments open because that's who we are. Again, unlike the mainstream media, if you ever tried to leave a comment on some of their more contentious stories about social issues, you can't (laughs) because they close the comment section altogether. Now, today's comment actually doesn't come to me by way of any work that I did here on the gun show. I think it comes by way of a sideways comment that I sort of made when I was co-hosting the Rebel News Daily Roundup live stream. Probably was with my friend David Menzies. And I had said that I find women's soccer boring. I do. (laughs) I just do. And I don't say that as uh, some sort of anti-woman person. I I don't know if you know, but I am a woman and I'm raising two young ladies to become women. So I, I just I just don't enjoy it. It's a personal taste thing. But I got this email and I'm not going to read like the lady's name or anything like that, but I wanted to read it because I think it's indicative of something that frequently infects the left. And sometimes because of the contagion of it all it might affect one or two of us on the right. That we just can't uh, have different viewpoints on certain things and just leave well enough alone. We have to just sort of make sure that everybody all thinks the same. anyways, you'll you'll get the point after I read this email. Um, and, and as a mom, I understand the uh, desire to se- have sent this email, but next time, just think a little bit. And realize that, you know, people are allowed different likes and dislikes. Okay. So it comes to me from Janice, again, because I said that women's soccer is boring. And it is. I think the viewership numbers reflect that. Anyway. And the reason I had made that comment, I think it was in the context of we were talking about David Menzies' very recent expose on a biological male named Ash, who is now playing women's senior rugby for the Fergus Ontario Highlanders. And Ash, some of you may know, was given the award by the Highlanders' uh, RFC rugby football club as the hardest male hitter in 2022 but in 2023 we're just supposed to be like yeah no he's he's a lady now (laughs) put him in the forwards and frankly that's exactly what the Highlanders did and I, I anyways it's just crazy and I had said that I do have a particular interest in this story beyond the unfairness of it all towards female athletes but I have a daughter who plays high level rugby and I'm not just club level, but she plays high level rugby. She travels around the world quite frequently to play rugby. So, and, and, and she's, she's still in high school. So anyways, I just mentioned, yeah, my daughter plays high level rugby. So, you know, if she were ever forced to play against a boy or a man, that it could ultimately be career-ending. It would take away her university scholarship opportunities, which are already there, um, her ability to play professionally, or just her ability to enjoy the sport that she loves so much and that she's played since she was three years old. Anyway, Janice took issue with the fact that I said that my daughter plays high-level rugby. She she doesn't think that there's such thing as high-level rugby surprising to learn from me and my daughter. Anyways, let's read Janice's email and um, then I'll get into why I think we need to really think about um, why we send these sorts of emails. Janice writes, I know that you think women's soccer is boring, but our Canada team is the reigning world champion and is currently in the World Cup defending their title. That is high level and they deserve our respect. Didn't say I don't respect them as athletes. Never said that. (laughs) never said that you are creating a boogeyman janice about me that doesn't exist (laughs) my daughter received a full ride scholarship and currently plays on team canada that is high level okay didn't 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 say that wasn't i never heard rugby described as high level okay it's an olympic sport rugby sevens is an olympic sport and club level is not high level also never said that was the case just because your daughter plays rugby doesn't mean we have to hear about her high level. Okay, uh, why don't you choose any women on Team Canada to speak about high level? Did you know they run for 90 minutes? That is high level. Janice, you really took issue with the fact that I used those, that phrase, high level, to describe a young lady playing at an international level in rugby. Anyways, here's the email I wrote back. And I'm not gonna read it all because I sort of you might be able to put together who my kid is if I if so I'm just gonna skip through some parts. I said, "Hi, Janice. My daughter plays at a national level and on two select touring international teams. Uh, just I'll just paraphrase here, but my daughter is also currently choosing between multiple university offers., uh, so she's not just a club level player. She plays at a high level, just like your daughter. She's worked really hard and sacrificed a lot, just like other female athletes in their sports to get there. You don't have to know a lot about rugby or like rugby to appreciate that. And of course, we're talking about all of this in the context of a male named Ash playing women's rugby in Fergus, Ontario. If it were a man playing women's soccer or hockey, we'd be talking about soccer or hockey and defending those women but I have a particular knowledge about rugby and the dangers of that contact sport. And so I'm going to talk about it on my show. It's my show. I'll talk about whatever I want. I don't, here's the part that I, the reason I'm reading this email, it's because for some reason we have decided that everybody has to all like the same things. So we are now on the right, in some instances, demanding conformity and homogeneity. And that is, So boring. Some people like soccer. Some people like rugby. Some people like hockey. Some people like baseball. I don't know. Baseball seems boring to me too. But I like professional wrestling. And I know that seems ridiculous to some people. Um, It's about personal preferences and personal tastes. And we don't all have to like the same thing. Some people still drink Bud Light, for example. (laughs) But anyways, I make that point here. I don't expect anyone to like or care about rugby. Why would I? Everybody has their own sport preferences. I also dislike baseball and I enjoy MMA. To each their own. Remember that? To each their own. We can still talk about the unfairness of certain things without actually liking the things we're talking about, right? Right? We can talk about the principles, certainly. There are people who are getting debanked that I don't seem to be all that fond of, but I can still say that you should be able to hold particular political opinions without getting debanked. Right? <laughs> However, setting my own interests aside, it doesn't take away from the athleticism of women who play the sport of soccer. Thanks for writing in. Did you get my point, guys? Did you get my point? We can talk about the principles without having to all like the same things because what a what a boring world. What a boring world that would be. Just like what you like. Dislike what you don't like. And, uh, you know... Talk about the issues in between, that's where we can agree on things. Anyway. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to live in a boring world where everybody likes the same thing. That sounds like North Korea. <laughs> Actually, where we, we all just dress the same and we only watch the one sport. sport ball, When <laughs> we just agree with each other and... Uh, it's, it's just one team. <laughs> just shooting balls against the wall. Because you can't even have a favorite. Boring, no thanks. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.